Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. The message we were sharing um, last week on IQ, EQ, and SQ, spiritual intelligence. How awesome is it when the Holy Spirit connects us in and the Spirit of God takes us on this amazing, amazing journey of spiritual intelligence. And uh, 1 Corinthians 2.16, the Apostle Paul said, Who has known the mind of the Lord to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Well, we have it, not getting it, we have it by the Holy Spirit. Because when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive all that He is. The Spirit of revelation, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of power, the Spirit of freedom. And so you don't have to try and get all those gifts. When you receive the person, He has all that in Him. And so God wants us to grow in freedom in the Spirit. So how do we have that mind of Christ? And we've been unpacking that over the last uh, couple of messages. And uh, I just want to uh, pick it up and take it on a bit further um, today. Romans 12.2 says, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Wow. That limits us so often. We think about ourselves in not the best terms. We think about other people in judgment. and We think about God. We think about the future with fear instead of faith. So the Spirit of God wants us to be transformed. And He's doing that by His Word. And we we learnt last week about meditating on the Word of God. It's not just sitting in a corner and humming and, and quoting a verse. It's actually a very strong word of hagar, which means to growl and to declare freedom over your life. And you cut fresh pathways of thinking in your mind when the Word of God transforms who you are. And so God wants us to get some strength into our meditation and the Word of God that it actually cuts through and changes the fearful, the anxious, the uh, trauma, all the other things, the limitations, the fear of failure. The Word of God cuts all that through and starts to get you to think differently. It says this will empower you to discern God's will for you as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. You can't change your life, but if you change and renew your mind, God will transform your life. Here's five key things to remember about thinking like Jesus or having the mind of Christ. Number one, at first, natural thinking will often challenge our ability to build um, neural pathways or ways of thinking to divine thinking because we often have six-lane freeways already built into our natural levels of thinking. When a challenge comes, we go into this thought pattern or that emotional response. But when the Word of God comes, you've got to step above just the natural way of doing it to the spirit way of doing it. That's where your spiritual intelligence grows. You start to think like Christ. If Jesus was here and faced this challenge, what would he do? He wouldn't be overcome by fear or worry or anxiety. He'd say, thus says the Lord. You forgive all my sins. You heal all my diseases. Thus says God, He will provide all your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So you start to think spiritually as the promises of God are yours, not for someone else. You start to possess your promises and just don't speak them and know about them. They become yours. And so we start to think and respond. Number two, often God thinks outside the laws of physics since He lives in a superior reality. Many of his solutions therefore transcend the laws of nature, the facts and natural reason. 
It can be unnerving to wait on God only to give him, him to give you an answer that takes extreme faith and could cause you more trouble with people than the situation you're trying to resolve in the first place. Sometimes God will stretch you. So I want you to trust me. The woman with the oil, she could have said, that's a crazy idea. All the neighbors are going to think I'm weird. Sometimes you've got to face the fear of what other people think when you step out and obey God's word. You don't deliberately offend people or become obnoxious or rude, but if you're led by the Spirit, it will challenge people's thinking and they will see that God is a supernatural God who loves us incredibly and the neighbors will get the overflow. But you've got to face your fear of what will people think. You've got to wrestle that stuff through because it's uh, natural thinking versus supernatural thinking. Thirdly, renewing our minds through biblical meditation so that we think like God is, as is life transforming. Renewing the spirit of our minds in such a way that we are mirroring God's thoughts concerning situations, circumstances, people or things. Do you ever stop and think, God, what do you really think about this? What do you feel about my situation? And the Holy Spirit will often speak to you through the written Word of God, through a word of revelation or peace or encouragement or hope. And often we're just trying to work it all out ourselves. We're so trained to use our natural reasoning instead of asking, Holy Spirit, what do you see in this situation? That's when you start to think your spiritual intelligence grows. And some of us learn naturally. You've got to train yourselves, discipline yourselves to think spiritually, not just naturally. God will use our natural reasoning. He will use all those things, wisdom, but He wants us to step up to another level. Number four, renewing the spirit of your mind is really about learning to hear the voice of God by allowing time for your spirit to build a friendship with the Holy Spirit. It's getting to know the Holy Spirit because He's our friend. Jesus said, it's better I go. And the disciples said, no, Jesus, we're just getting used to you being around. We love the miracles. We love all the food. We love the stories. Oh, we just love everything that's going on. He says, no, no, it's better I go. They said, no. Peter especially said, no, you can't go. And Jesus said, if I don't go, then the Holy Spirit won't come in full power and he can be in everyone all over the world at once, whereas I'm in one position. And it took a while for them to get a handle on, that is so powerful. So the Holy Spirit lives in you and I, if you're a follower of Jesus, and he wants us to be led by the Holy Spirit. And fifthly, like any other relationship, building a friendship with the Holy Spirit takes time. We begin the process by asking the Holy Spirit what He thinks about various things throughout our day, and then we listen for His answers. Training yourself to listen to the Holy Spirit. I thank God I had pastors and leaders when I was 18, 19, 20, 21, taught me how to hear the voice of the Spirit in prayer groups, in worship groups, in youth groups, we would just worship until we heard the Spirit of God speak to us. And Mary and I, that's how we learnt 40 years ago to learn to walk in the Spirit. And we've kept sharpening that and fine-tuning it. And I find the Spirit of revelation and insight is far greater now than it ever has been in my life because the Spirit of God is at work and He wants to flow through you. Come on, don't stay where you are. Say, oh, I know this stuff. No, you've only just started the journey. We're still in grade one, many of us, in the, in the spiritual school of the Spirit. Saying, come on, let's get hungry for more. God wants us to grow in more. And you'll be amazed what God will do. Just last Sunday, 
And they won't mind me sharing this story. I, in the second service, I saw the word breakthrough in the spirit over Hayden Minister's head. I saw it and I had several other words. I called him out and I started praying for him and declaring from this day forward, things are going to shift and breakthrough is coming over your heart and mind, over your wife's health, Sharon, and over your business. I saw it. I knew something was shifting in the spirit. Sharon was at home. She hasn't been well and was battling infection and pneumonia. She was watching it online. And she said, as soon as you prayed, the pain went from my chest and I got the overflow and I felt the Spirit of God hit me in my house a few k's away here in Pioba. And she said, something shifted off me right then. And then she went to the doctor and there was no infection. They couldn't find it. A couple of days later. See, the Spirit of God works supernaturally, not just near here. He can do anything. But we've got to step up into the supernatural realm more and more and more. This is not just for pastors. This is for the body of Christ. And when we start to move like this, our nation will be transformed because God will flow through us. He knows the needs of everyone in our neighborhood, in our nation. And he's looking for you and I to be open and ready in prayer by the word of God, by the gifts of the spirit to be led and have the courage to say, Lord, I know your voice. I'm going to just obey you. It's a choice every day, every day. And they'd been going through some financial challenges. They rang me yesterday and we, we went and prayed with them yesterday, Marilyn and I just caught her. And he rang me about 10 minutes later and says, you won't believe it. I said, yes, I will. He said, we got people that owe us money. Just after you left, there was a knock on the door and someone had owed us money from six months ago, showed up and paid it in cash just after we left. See, the Spirit of God's at work. You can worry about how's that money going to come. Well, the Spirit of God was already working on them by, before, by the time we'd prayed. God's ahead of us. And so how awesome is our God? And Christianity is so exciting when you're led by the Spirit because you never know what's going to happen. You say, well, my life can get just a bit mundane and boring. Yes, we have some days left. But when you're Spirit-led and you obey the Spirit, life gets very exciting. And I want to encourage us. There's so many people that God wants to meet and the needs are there. Over time, it becomes easier to hear and understand God's interactions with us. The Holy Spirit will teach us as we open our spiritual ears, our eyes and our minds to the revelation and truth that He wants us to experience and to understand. We have the mind of Christ. I want you to get that in your spirit. We have the mind of Christ. God says, I just don't hear your voice. I want to learn. Often I find there's about three seconds when God tries to drop something in my heart or nudge me, or give me a picture, or a stirring. I've got about three seconds to decide if that's the Holy Spirit on my mind, and I respond. If I say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? And then he opens it up. He was trying to speak to me all my life, and many times I'd just miss the nudge, the picture, the thought. Someone would come randomly into my mind, and now I know that's the Holy Spirit. So, God, what do you want me to do? Pray for them? Contact them? And as soon as I respond, the Holy Spirit opens up the next steps. Often we miss it because we think, oh, that's just uh, our own thinking. No, it's the Holy Spirit trying to communicate and flow through us all the time in a very natural way. God's helping us. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart, for out of it are the issues of life. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being. We've got to guard what goes in and out of our hearts because if we've got too much stuff going on in there, you're not going to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You're going to cancel it out. You're going to explain it away. That's why God forgives and heals us 
works in our relationships so that we can live at peace with one another as much as possible. So you haven't got so much static that you can hear the Holy Spirit's voice to you and through you. The devil will make sure you're busy with strife and confusion and other people's opinions and the fear around us so that we don't live in the realm of the peace and the Spirit of God. Ephesians 4.22, regarding your previous way of life, you put off your old self, completely discard your former nature, which is being corrupted through deceitful desires, and be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind. It's not just your mind being renewed, it's the spirit of your mind. That's different. <coughs> Having a fresh, untarnished mental and spiritual attitude, and put on the new self, the regenerated and renewed nature, created in God's image, God-like in the righteousness and holiness of the truth, living in a way that expresses to God your gratitude for your salvation. So God wants us to be renewed in the spirit of our minds, not just in our thoughts. This is much greater than just positive thinking or disciplined thinking. God wants to renew the spirit of our mind by the Holy Spirit and the inspired Word of God. Positive thinking's good. Memorizing scripture's good. All those things, positive declarations over your life, they're going to get you in a positive place. But the spirit of your mind is where you learn to be led by the Holy Spirit very naturally and very powerfully. That's what He wants to do in our lives. One of the reasons we don't develop the spirit of mind is because we usually solve life's challenges with lower level, natural thinking, thinking that can even be based in biblical principles but may not be spirit-led. Biblical thinking is life-transforming because it teaches us how God thinks. But the only way to know what God is thinking is to have a connection through the Holy Spirit to God's mind. Did you hear that? The Bible teaches us how God think, thinks, but to know what He thinks about this particular situation can only be revealed by the Holy Spirit. And many of us have settled at level one, learning God's word, and he teaches how to respond and have wisdom with our finances and relationships. But the Holy Spirit will then teach us what God thinks about your present situation now and make it personal, alive. And when you start to listen and obey that, let me tell you, your world will be changed forever. God wants to teach us. Some of you look at me and say, I've never heard this before. This is foundational, being led by the Spirit. It says those who are sons and daughters of God are led by the Holy Spirit. <coughs> this is teaching us how do we do it. 1 Corinthians 2, 11 to 13 explains it a bit more. After all, who can really see into a person's heart and know his hidden impulse except for that person's spirit? So it is with God. His thoughts and secrets are only fully understood by His Spirit, the Spirit of God. For we did not receive the Spirit of this world system, but the Spirit of God, so that we might come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. And we articulate these realities with the words imparted to us by the Spirit and not with the words taught by human wisdom. We join together Spirit-revealed truths with Spirit-revealed words. Wow, that is profound. God changes our thinking and our language, and now we become even more powerful in our relationships, in our workplace, in our career, because you're not just living with natural wisdom. God now brings His supernatural leadership into that journey. And it's just amazing how God does it over 
and over again. Daniel is one of my favorite Bible heroes. He loves the book of Daniel. Daniel and the lion's den, remember those stories? That's still an amazing story. And that, Daniel learned to receive and understand revelation by the Spirit of God. Quick background, I just wanted to spend 10 minutes on this before we finish up today. Somewhere around 598 BC, King Nebuchadnezzar, we'll call him King Neb from now on because that's a big name. King Neb defeated Judah and Jerusalem and deported 10,000 Jewish POWs to Babylon. The situation was terrible as the country lay in ruins. Solomon's magnificent temple was destroyed and a violent dictator was ruling the Israelites with a rod of iron. It was dark and bleak and dangerous. Amid the chaos, God had a secret strategy that would ultimately unravel the very core of wickedness in two powerful empires, including the overthrow of four kings through one man who was led by the Spirit of God. Some people get afraid of what's going on in the world. Hey, why should you when you read the book of Daniel? God's still in charge. He's got his secret strategy and the church is one of his secret strategies. Spirit-filled Christians bringing love and hope and healing is his secret strategy to turn around the nations of the world right now. Do not let fear rule you. Ask for Holy Spirit wisdom what to do in your journey. But the story of Daniel and his three mates absolutely inspires me. Daniel 1.17, it says, To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. They studied in the University of Babylon. There was a lot of incredible information there, but there was also a lot of spiritual darkness and idolatry. So they were able to put the spiritual wrong stuff aside and learn what they needed to learn. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to, to Neb, King Neb. The king talked with them and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, and so they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned him, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. They were ten times smarter and wiser and uh, brought revelation 10 times better than anyone else in the kingdom. When God's Spirit leads you, you will have 10 times the impact of what you would with natural reasoning. In chapter 2, King Neg had a dream that really troubled him. He threatened the wise men if they didn't tell him the dream and its meaning. He was going to burn their homes down and tear them limb from limb. Daniel was part of that team. So he said, I don't like that tearing limb from limb bit. I'm going to ask God for some help here. Self-preservation will help you really dig in. Chapter 219. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. The king wouldn't tell them the dream. He says, tell me the dream and the interpretation. They said, well, you tell us the dream, we can work on the interpretation. He says, no, 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 you're smart, guys. You get the dream and the, re the revelation. Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He disposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we are asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. So he goes and tells the king, verse 27, chapter 2. Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. 
but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Neb what will happen in days to come. Your dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you were lying in bed are these. As your majesty was lying there, your mind turned to things to come and the revealer of mysteries showed you what is going to happen. And then the amazing encounter happened. Daniel learned to see in the spirit through dreams and visions and how to interpret what God was showing him. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. He wants to train us and teach us how to live in the freedom and power of the Spirit greater and greater. Some of you, this, you know the leading of the Spirit powerfully. Others of us are still learning how to do it. That's okay. We're, in the, we're all signed up to the school of the Spirit. You thought you'd finished school a long time ago. Well, if you're a Christian, you're, you're, you're enrolled in the school of the Spirit, and you're either doing well or you don't want to be a part of it. But let me tell you, we're all in spiritual warfare whether we like it or not. We're in the school of the Spirit, so let's do it well. Ephesians and the rest of Daniel's story is just incredible. You need to read through it. It's incredible. One more key thought here today before we wrap it up. Ephesians 2, 6 and 8. It says, And God raised up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming age He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. You have been seated with Christ in heavenly places. What's that mean? Does that mean when we die, we go and live with Jesus? No, in the Spirit, we can live from heaven to earth, but most of us live from earth to heaven. You're saying, what does that mean? Let me unpack it quickly today. Ephesians 3.10 says, The purpose of this was to unveil before every throne and rank of angelic orders in the heavenly realm God's full and diverse wisdom revealed through the church. God has desired through the Christians, through the church, to reveal the wisdom of God to the world. That's why the spirit of this world is trying to stop the church, to close it down, to try and water it down, to stop it meeting, all sorts of stuff. The spirit of this world is scared, witless of Christians and the church because he knows that we can live with the power of Daniel and change the course of history. He knows the power of millions of Christians praying and living in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why there's such a, a challenge in the spiritual realm right now over the world and over our nations and over your mind and life. And we've got to determine, I'm going to be led, led by the Spirit. I'm going to li work, live from heaven to earth, not earth to heaven. And hoping something might happen. How do I know if I'm living from earth or from heaven? Here's seven signs that you're living from earth to heaven as the worship team comes down. If you're living from earth to heaven, number one, you worry a lot. Two, you feel like a powerless victim and you have a big devil and a little God. How big's your God and how big's your devil? That will show whether you're living from heaven to earth or earth to heaven. Number three, you don't think you have any to contribute to making the world a better place. Number four, you're convinced that every year the world is getting worse. Number five, all your prayers are in reaction to a bad circumstance. Number six, you have no vision for the future. And number seven, you struggle with low self-esteem and a poverty mentality. That's a pretty sad list, but I think some of us have ticked off a few of them from time to time. What about here are seven signs that you're living from heaven to earth, that you're seated with Christ in heavenly places and living out your destiny here. Number one, you believe God can do the impossible and you think like he does. 
If there's a desperate need, you immediately go to, hey, God can turn this around. That's living from heaven to earth. Number two, you live with a hundred-year vision and you plan to leave a legacy for your children's children. Some of us are hardened to plan for a week ahead or a month ahead. God wants you to still plan for the future because God's in charge. If you don't think he's in charge or the world's going to cave in a heap in the next six months, you won't plan for the future. You're living from earth to heaven instead of heaven to earth. Number three, the world's troubles only serve to challenge you to think big and bring God's ideas to the table. Number four, you view devil encounters as a compliment to the fact that you're doing something worth resisting and you see these encounters as opportunities to win. That's a big one. Whenever there's a challenge on my life or Mary Lynn's and our family, I know the enemy's upset about some of the spiritual things we're doing but I don't let fear rule me. I say, God, you're great. There's another opportunity to reveal your power and grace. So many people back off. They say, I'm going to serve you, God. And then all hell breaks loose because the enemy doesn't want you to step into your spirit-led powerful influence. And you've got to determine, say, no, I'm going to live fully for God. I'm going to fulfill my destiny. I'm not going to back off by fear or some intimidation. We're going to get some Christians with some courage, fearless Christians. The church are rising to live out our destiny. Let me tell you, we've had a very comfortable Christianity in Australia for a long time, but things are shifting and changing. The battle's increasing. And we have got to stand up and live out spirit-led, powerful Christianity, fearless in the face of whatever comes our way. It's got to be everyone, not just pastors and evangelists. All of us need to step up. You know you're a son or a daughter of the king, therefore you carry yourself like royalty. You don't mess around with temptations and sin when you know you're destined for bigger stuff. Number six, the commission to disciple nations positively affects your prayer life as you shape history by your prayers. And lastly, you look for God's perspective on current events and you refuse to let the media or a political or religious spirit shape your mindset or cloud your worldview. Let's stand in his presence. There's a lot of information out there. Some of you are spinning and thinking, wow. Encourage you to have a look at it again. It'll be up there on uh, YouTube and you can find it or on our uh, website. Listen to it again, because some of us need to get this in. These are prophetic messages God's been giving to me. The last six weeks, something has shifted in my mind and heart, and because the battle's increasing, and we have got to get prophetic in understanding of where we live and what we're doing. We can't just be comfortable Christians anymore. It's not going to work. We have got to step up and break through. And God's drawing us. He's calling us, saying, come on, come on, come on. And some of you are afraid, saying, well, I don't know how to do it. Well, I'm teaching you, and we're going to learn. The Holy Spirit's going to equip us to live in freedom because this world desperately needs answers and hope. It's time for us to step into your heavenly seat. Jesus is waiting for you. He's excited for you to experience using the authority He purchased for you on the cross. Listen, obey, and be led by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.